I have to interrupt this episode to tell you something I've been dying to share with you. Have you heard of the company Habits365? You haven't? <laughs> Do you live in the cave? <laughs> I support Habits365 because you get great quality clothes, and by you giving money to them, you're helping spread positivity every day of every year. What's better than that? I'll tell you what's better than that. If you buy something from them and you by clicking on the link below going to their website use promo code faithful film fanatic in all caps and i'll save you some money too so really it's a win-win what are you waiting for let's get back to the episode faithful film fanatic i like it welcome to faithful film fanatic today i have special guests vernon wells joey and naya Errol Sack and uh, John uh, Brennigan. All of you guys have um, acting experience. What got you guys interested in acting? Well, what got you interested in acting, Johnny B? <laughs> <laughs> I hate acting. I've been a stuntman for 40 years, but now as I'm getting older, I realize oh, I'm going to be the old character guy. I might as well embrace it. And uh, try to say words on camera, but I'd rather do a car hit than uh, speak on camera personally. You know where I always thought you belonged on the runway because you're like you're like a fashion model. That's what I, mean, I was figuring. Harold's handsome, but you're you're much better looking than he is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So acting to me just kind of came part of uh, what I've been doing for the last forty years. That's great. You're an inspiration, you know, because as I get into my, uh, you know, collecting more birthdays, I'm feeling the same way. I'd rather do well, a you, you, and you know, my body says otherwise, and then I try to say dialogue, and then the director says otherwise, and then, and then there we go. But yeah. uh, it's so much more of a challenge, you know, when you get when you get in front of the camera and you're starting to say things rather than fall downstairs or something. You realize what a tough, right. what a tough gig acting is and making it sell. So it's it's an interesting challenge. challenge, 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 challenge. Well, acting for me is something that um, I've been doing since I was eight years old. And uh, it's always uh, been fun to entertain. At the same time, I, I enjoy making movies and directing movies. And I feel you have to actually be somewhat of a decent actor to be able to direct one. So that uh, is one of my main reasons to, to be able to act. Um, I have to act if I'm going to direct them. That's basically, it all sort of goes to hand in hand. Vernon, how about you? What was uh, what got you into acting? Um, well, uh, I really never wanted to be an actor. I uh, had no interest in it. Um, I was born and raised on a farm in Australia out in the in the back blocks, basically. Uh, my mother was a very successful songwriter. Um, she wrote um, country and western songs, and she was very successful. And I, I followed in her footsteps. I started working with bands as a frontman singer. That was where I wanted to be. I was as happy as a clam, you know, the old adage, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, you know, we had a lot of sex and drugs. Didn't do a lot of rock and roll, but <laughs> it was fun. Um 
And I kind of got into the acting side of it by accident. I got asked to do a stage play, which I didn't really want to do. And eventually I um, was convinced to do it by my family, actually. I did this stage play. And from that, George Miller um, cast me in Road Warrior. And as they say, that was the end of my career. I was uh, an actor, whether I liked it or not. And it's kind of gone on from there. Wow, that's my favorite movie. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I loved Mad Max. And that red mohawk guy always scared the shit out of me. <laughs> he was like a part of my nightmares, like, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, why am I watching this? I'm only eight years old. Yeah, he's gonna throw um, that boomerang at you. Oh, Cut your head off. <laughs> you know that, that those original Mad Maxes, uh, the new ones can't even compare to Mel Gibson and that old that old authentic thing. The new ones, not so much. They they don't have characters. They're all stereotype actors in it, with a little makeup to look like fake dirt. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the new ones, I feel like um, Charlie's. Theron, I think her name is, is a better written character than Tom Hardy is. And, yeah, Mad Max became female. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Maxis. Hey, Vernon, what was it yeah. like working with Mel Gibson? Um, I, you know, it was my first film, having really done nothing except some... Uh, very small. I, I was actually doing a little bit of of stunt work. Being um, raised on a farm, I rode horses, drove everything that had wheels. So I, that was when when I really had to get into it. Um, that side of it, I kind of enjoyed. But uh, when I got into Mad Max, um, Mel was great. I mean, he was just the ultimate gentleman. Pain in the ass, but the ultimate gentleman. Um, <laughs> And he was always there to help. I, I have not a bad word to say about him. <laughs> and it's funny because I get asked so often, so what do you think of him? And it's like he was a great guy. He really, really was. He was the sweetest person to work with, always willing to help and always joking, having fun. And I have, um, and I think if he hadn't been the way he was, it never would have succeeded the way it did because, number one, I would have probably flipped out and jumped off something very high. But um, <laughs> he was, no, I, I enjoyed it. The same with um, uh, Schwarzenegger when I did um, Commander. Uh, they're both big boys in a toy shop. Serious to God, all they do is play. And it's, it, it's, um, it's like That's that old cool. adage, you know, you, you sort of look at them and go, you know what? I got to take you out behind the trailer and kick your ass, and then you think about it and you go, "That'd be a very dumb idea because they kick mine." So you have to put up with it. You know? There's that, and then you make another career choice. Forget about it. <laughs> hey, Joey, what was it like working with M Night in the uh, village? Um, it was very cool. And you know what? That was the first time I think that I learned that less is more. You know, I was always kind of overdoing it. You know what I'm saying? And he came up to me and he whispered in my ear, he goes, less is more. And I was like, wait a minute. It took me a minute to figure that out. I'm like, less is more. And then I started doing less and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's just it, you can you can sell something so much better with a subtle, you know, 
thing rather than going, whoa, you know, and you're like, wow, that's just totally fake. It doesn't match. And then, you know, so he, he taught me, he taught me that and I never forgot it. And I always, it always, I always hear it in my head. So, you know, he's the kind of guy that takes, you know, 25 takes for a finger movement. And that's literal. I'm not even ex exaggerating. You know, it was one claw movement in that movie I was doing. And we just did it over and over and over again. And it had to mean something to him. So that, you know, that said a lot to me. And I, I just never forgot that experience. So I was kind of lucky to be there, you know, having him talk to me like that. What's uh, your favorite stunt that you've done? Favorite stunt that I've done? Yeah. Wow, that's a good... I think, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind, uh, we did a movie called Predators in 2010, 2009, um, directed by Nimrod. Uh, it was like a Rodriguez thing, and, and, and I got to double Adrian Brody in that. And, and his, whole, his whole thing, the intro to the film, was when he wakes up, they're just dumping these people on this Predator planet, and he just wakes up in midair in flight and he's you know like whoa what you know he doesn't know where he's at or what's going on and he's just trying to reach for his parachute and there's this whole parachute thing where we crash through the trees and so i got to be strung up way up on a tree and we did this wire gag that he comes flying down through the trees and hits the ground and you know he barely gets his chute open in time and and i don't know i had a lot of fun doing that and rehearsing that and and uh you know we rehearsed it for a couple of days just to get that whole thing right and being way up there and I like doing high stuff. It scares me, but I like it. So, you know, that's that's what's one the, of the first things. What's the scariest stunt you've done? The scariest stunt I've done was probably trying to crawl behind a waterfall that where there was nowhere to crawl behind it. This place called Bernie Falls in uh, Northern California. There's a scene where uh, the actor I'm doubling is coming up into a waterfall. He's trying to escape. So he jumps in the river and he's like floating downstream while people are chasing him. And, uh, uh, you know, he's like, whoa, he doesn't realize that the edge of the falls are there. And it's like, you know, a hundred foot drop. And um, so they throw the dummy over the falls and there's a, a shot they want to pick up where they see the, the guy coming out of the water at the bottom. So they're like, we need you to crawl behind the waterfall. And it's like 40 degrees and wearing a dry suit. It's choking me and I couldn't breathe. And I thought I was going to drown and it just scared the crap out of me. So, <laughs> you know, it's not that exciting, like a car jump or anything like, you know, Johnny's done in the past, but um but it was it was definitely one of the scariest ones for me. Hey, Johnny, what's the uh, scariest stunt you've done? I don't know. I've had a couple of close calls where I almost hurt somebody else. And that's what scares me. If I get hurt, so be it. But if I get involved in something and hurt somebody else, um, that scares the bejeebus out of me. So there was a thing on a John Woo movie where I... I thought I chopped Tom McComas in half and luckily didn't hurt him. Oh my anybody. God. But it, it scared the crap out of me. So, what, uh, John and Joey, what got you guys to want to do stunts? Go ahead, Johnny. Just, I'd left Long Island to uh, come to Hollywood and be a stunt driver. I have a background in auto mechanics and, you know, muscle car days. And figured I'd go to California, be a stunt driver, and, and crash cars. When I got out here, I found out it wasn't that easy. You had to work your way up to get in the seat of a car. So you had to do the, all the other stunts before you really became a driver. <laughs> so, oh, man. Same. I just came to California with no plan B. <laughs> yeah. 
I learned that I was, I always want to do car stunts too. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, they got the guys that, that have done it so many times. They're just like, you know, we're going to get somebody familiar, you know, and, and you, you got to pay your dues in other places and then, you know, meet the right people or talk to the guys, you know, Corey Eubanks and all the uh, Oakleys and those guys who do the car stuff to, to learn how to do it or get the opportunity. It's tough, tough deal. I've only been lucky. And you know, I've always wanted to do a pipe ramp. I still have never done one 25 years later. But, um, you know, I figured as I'm getting older, I'll just leave it to those guys anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> Arrow, what uh, got you want to start directing? Uh, I started making films when I was eight years old. And um, I've always enjoyed creating something. Um, I, basically, I never felt that going to college would do me any good for filming. Um, so I basically self-taught myself since I was a child and, um, learning. So it seems like colleges always give you rules. Well, I don't believe there should be any rules making a film. I, I think that just kills the creativity of what our brain does. Clearly Robert uh, Rodriguez and Tarantino did not go to school. That's why they're movies are so different than just your typical Hollywood film. The Renegades. And um, I, I like uh, expressing my thoughts. It starts on paper and you make a film, then it comes to life. It's sort of, it's, it's really neat. It's uh, fun. And it's uh, taken a long time to get where we are now. Um, I've directed over 50 short films. I'm on my third feature, and um, most of the all the short films and those movies were just big learning experiences of what needed to be done in that film that wasn't done. Um, you know, you make a movie three times. You write it, you film it, and you edit it. And the editing can destroy all your hard work really quick. Um, so that's been the main thing that we're always trying to move forward and get better at what we do and that's why the no name has been a, a very special film because it all came together and a lot of great people in it and um i also enjoy giving newcomers a chance to be in a movie um that's hard being an actor that was one of the hardest things in acting is you go in you're auditioning constantly when you don't get the job for like 20 auditions and it's like man there's, and there's always those actors that are really good, but just don't have the end. So it's enjoyable to um, give back. And that's how I give back. I give to these actors that need it. Or even stunt, uh, new stunt people that do stunts and act and give them all a chance. So that's, um, that's good. Of, that's, that's fun for me to uh, see the, the different new people come in and just be happy. Like, yes. And they all give it everything uh, they got. One thing I noticed on No Name and Dynamite, everyone every day came so prepared beyond no one. Every All their scripts were thrown on the ground. They came it, they brought it, and everyone nailed everything. It was it was uh, awesome. What uh, got you the idea to write the story, No Name? Um, my past movies, I've, always, I've been told, it's like, you know, it's like you're making spaghetti westerns, but like modern day spaghetti westerns. And the style that started coming, I'm like, well, you know, 
spaghetti western and i've always wanted to do a western but how do i do it it's one of the most expensive films you can do so uh knowing stuntmen uh around my area um clint lilly who i talked to him and he's always he's been trying to make movies too and he does a little here and there and i said clint i i want to do a western so he's like okay well fire this person you have fire that person and fire that because <laughs> the best wardrobe town and house i have the best horses over here i have all this and i'm like great because i have yeah. sets yeah all the western sets so what kind of western are you going to do well i want to make a spaghetti western like sergio leone did in the 60s and um because that's my style character faces um old people that are the people with messed up teeth what we used to see nowadays it's offensive if you see someone with a cavity it's like no let's see that let's bring, <laughs> back. Let's bring back all these awesome character faces and this spaghetti western basically it's a modern day spaghetti western and they um 99 of those were all adr so we did do some adr work on some of them um but basically, it's sort of the, the style of my past filming is what led me to do a Western in this type, a spaghetti-type Western. Joey, you got to understand oh. where, where Earl lives. You can't throw a rock without hitting that stunt guy that's been in a Western. <laughs> I'm California is where guys can buy horse property, and they all live. Like I said, you can't go to breakfast. You can't throw a rock. You can't go to lunch without running into a stuntman that's worked on a Western throughout the years, including his pop, all his dad's friends, Jack Lilly, we're Wranglers. So you got to do a Western if you live in Aquadulce, or you would be banned from Aquadulce. You'd be thrown you out. Gotta, yeah. You got to figure, figure out a movie before you waste all their time. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And you got all the talent right there at breakfast, so get them in the movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Buy them breakfast and they're hired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Joey, John, Vernon, what made you guys want to uh, be in this specific Western? Hang on a second, guys. Well, the dog wanted to feel that one. <laughs> uh, that, that was my seven-pound guard dog um, <clears throat> deciding to uh, bark at our bookkeeper. Um, I, I love Westerns. It's, it's kind of that that thing that I, I really enjoy doing. And um, I love, well, you know, growing up on the farm, I rode horses all the time. So horses were my whole thing, though I, I didn't, Errol didn't let me near anything that had four legs, unless it was one of the stuntmen crawling across the floor after I kicked their ass or something. But So I didn't get to ride horses, but I did get to uh, wear great clothes and uh, have a, uh, a gun on my um, hip and look like I thought I, knew what I was doing but it, it was just I just love that because to me western is where it all started if you go right back movies started in doing westerns you know the early films as the the um, silent movies and things the, the good the big ones were westerns and some of the greatest films ever made were westerns so being able to go and be in a Western was like, this is so cool. And when you think about it, Mad Max was really high noon in its own way because it was the same kind of character, same kind of thing. 
so I think a lot of what we do is based on that mythology anyway. All the Star Wars things are all based on the Western mythology. And so, you know, just being in one and um, having so much fun to I had a ball. I think Eric got sick of me in the finish. I was just, I was just like apeshit over it. I was just having so much fun. Um, and I was, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, I think on your bucket list, you have certain things as an actor um, that you want to do, you know, and a Western was pretty high up and I hadn't been able to uh, get one. And uh, I finally got one and that has led to about three more. Thank you, Errol. I've uh, got three more Westerns uh, since then that I've done. So, uh, no, I loved it. And it was a great character. I mean, he was a lot of fun. He was just an arrogant son of a bitch that got his up and comments. And but he was just a, a great guy. I I really liked playing him. That's awesome. For me, it was when uh, Clint called me and said, "Hey, man, what are you doing? What are you up to? I got this little thing going on." And he sent me some of the pages, and I was like, "No way! It's kind of cool." And at the same time, it kind of scared me. So, like, if you could see a pie chart of, like, this much I wanted to challenge, this much I wanted to, to be the part, and this much I just wanted to be, you know, like Vernon said, part of a Western film. And and I've always loved that comedy edge, you know, Blazing Saddles, stuff like that. And I'm like, no way, cool. How? What can I bring to this to, to add to that? And, um, you know, just suddenly it just became this big, fun thing. And I'm like, I'm like... I'm not doing anything because we're filming these days and I cleared my schedule. I'm like, I'm going to be there. Um, and I was just, I was just so happy to be, well, cool. We're working this weekend. All right. You know? So, um, and, and, and like Errol said, kind of, you know, Clint was, was kind of in my ear saying, well, you can, you know, this, here's your guidelines. But you can kind of throw your script away and kind of be what you think Sergio is to this whole thing. And, and, and I got to kind of throw in a couple extra words and it, it just, it just, for me, it was just, I can't even describe the word of like, um, just so fulfilling. So, you know, like, I, I can't wait to do more if, if that makes any sense. What about you, John? Well, I wanted to support, I love supporting guys and girls that are making independent films. People I come up to business with, people my age, people, friends, get out there and do their own project. I'll do anything I can to support them. I have a lot of equipment little bit of knowledge. Um, so when Clint Earl called out, it's like anything I can do, act, bring in equipment, move dolly track, whatever I can do to help, you just jump on board to help your buddies. Because um, to me, this one day they're going to make it big and hopefully they re they remember you. And um, in fact, <laughs> I heard that Joey was in the movie. I couldn't turn it down. You know, yeah. And there was a contingency. Yeah, uh, Johnny Brannigan's going to be there. All right. I'll think about it. I'll let you know. I think you were there first, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard whispers. You know, there's always rumors. <laughs> Joey, John, and Vernon, what's your um, acting process like to become the characters you wore in this Western movie? Um, I, I, I guess I'm kind of <clears throat> very um, well. I try to look at the characters from a human point of view because to me, um, no villain is really a villain. He's just a good guy that's not allowed to do what he wants to do. So I, I don't act like he's a villain. I always play them 
like they're they're uh, doing their thing and they're doing the right thing as far as they're concerned. And then there's that guy in the white hat coming along trying to stop them from doing what they're doing. So right. to me, he's the villain, not me. And I try to work out a, um, exactly what is his reasons for what he's doing. Who is he? What is he doing? What does he get from what he's doing? And base my whole uh, creative process on that. Once I've got all that down, I just go with it. I just let the script and what I've decided the character should be take over. And that's the way it, it plays, you know. And I, I rely on the director to... Uh, to rein me in when I tend to start walking off the set doing things that don't really fit in the movie. Um, so it's it's more of a process between me, the director, and the other actors because normally you get in with all these wonderful actors who, who um, just want to see what you're doing and want to work off what you're doing. So you tend to have this great um, metamorphosis of, of how things work and tends to work so i do it and um nobody's kind of thrown me off the set yet so uh, i guess i'll keep doing it wow and there goes the dynamic i just learned something thanks Vernon. that was awesome wow that was great where did you get the bill <laughs> okay vernon here's my venmo ready <laughs> I forgot if I was asked a question, I didn't hear it. Oh, no. Uh, no. Um, what about you, uh, Joey? What's your process? Um, wow. You know, that was that was great what Vernon said. And, uh, you know, just being like Johnny said, you know, being a stuntman for so long and not really doing much acting and stuff and just kind of coming into that, you know, in my later years haven't really developed, a, you know, something that I'm kind of going to each time. Well, Vernon just said it was so inspiring about how you, it's not really the bad guy. He's just a, a guy that's decided to go this way. That, that's, that's just who he is. Who's to say he's bad, which is cool. So that's, you know, when I pick up, when I hear stuff like that and I'm just kind of moving along and, you know, every time I get lucky enough to do a job to where I have dialogue or, or somebody throws me in a place to do some kind of acting before I get shot or whatever it is, you know, I always I always learn something new and I just kind of add that to my process. So I haven't really, you know, I don't really have an accomplished process yet. I just have these things that I draw from and I just go out there and try to do my best. And I just hope people like Errol like it. You know what I mean? You know, cut that sucks. Okay. Let's try it again. <laughs> so, so I just, you know, okay, well, let's just try this then. Yeah, um, we had to do the most takes on Joey. Actually. You know, <laughs> that's M. Night Shyamalan. I'm telling you 25 takes, whatever. Just join the club. But, um, uh, you know, and then, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. It's, I, I still got a long road of, of, of how to answer that question, you know, in full. What about you, uh, John? Did you have to have some kind of process for the character you wore in the movie? Well, for me, I just totally relied on Earl. He wrote the part. He directed the movie. Um, my part wasn't that big, so it's just come in and get it right. Like Joey said, I did what I thought was right until I got yelled at by the director, and I changed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I we didn't yell at by our director. It was okay. He's doing his job. <laughs> he came and said, no, 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 no. You're going here. And it's like, okay, I got it. So it was just really leaning on the director for this for me. 
Uh, Joey, Errol, John, and Vernon, was this movie different than a lot of other ones you guys been on with the whole COVID? Was there a lot more, uh, did, was it a lot more difficult to do this project? Yeah, it was like, uh, don't come on set unless you throw your mask in the trash on the way in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. Um, what was uh, hard is after we started filming, COVID hit, the camera house didn't want to rent us cameras anymore. Uh, so they got shut down. Then they realized that, oh my gosh, we don't rent a camera. We're not, we're going to go broke. So we actually started renting cameras again. And... Um, Basically, because all of us on set work on movies all the time, we're all being tested constantly. So we just sort of went with it. And um, we were mostly filming outside, too. And uh, our crew is minimal. So it's always under a certain amount of people. So it, we get we're more, we're more proactive. We get more stuff done. Um, it may have helped us because a lot of actors were available more. Uh, to finish it um we did we do have a few actors on there that are constantly flying all over the place so we would film it in three-day increments so we would prep for two weeks film it for three days uh prep again for the next three days and maybe do that uh three or six days a month and get it we got it done that way so it was definitely um shot differently and but our prep was amazing. I mean, and if we were to film it straight through, we had 18 days of filming. Uh, we would not have had the prep like we did. Now we prep for three days and we make it look amazing. Uh, the sets and all that, and um, we spent a little more time on just those three days. And uh, so I, I think overall, it definitely helped um, the movie what it is now. And. Uh... Arrow, what uh, gave you the idea for the uh, opening credits the way you did it in the movie the, the with that old um, style? and The good, the bad, the ugly, fistful of dollars, uh, that, that's the look. Uh, they had all those little horses running around and the, the red color and the black color. It was sort of a comic book. And so I totally got that from from the, those old Sergio Leone movies. And it even went back a little further um, to a movie called Yojimbo, where actually Sergio Leone got the idea of actually making a Sergio or, or a spaghetti Western was from that movie, Yojimbo. It was about the, the Asians doing their fighting and it was so corny, but real and great. That's how, that's where it all came from. And he had a little bit of that too. Um, but overall, Sergio Leone's uh, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, and all those, their intro was sort of comical. So that's why I felt it had to be done in this, just to give it that more spaghetti Western look. Um, Errol, were you guys like sponsored by Roasted Peanuts? Or like, like... No, um, that's a good question. We have a lot of history in this film, and in 1865, uh, roasted peanuts were introduced to the United States. So as we all take it for granted, we all take it for a funny thing, but it's really not. Back in that day, 
roasted peanuts were something amazing. It's like, oh my God, roasted peanuts. So it is comedy to us, but to back in the day, that's there's there's no comedy there. Harold, so that was I ask you real history in 1865 is when roasted peanuts were introduced to the United States. Errol, okay, let me ask you this. How did you get that peanut in your mouth? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he does this like, boom. He does like, like, boop, and then it's like in his mouth. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I did a, ma a magic movie in 2006 called Magic Quest. So I spent, before I did it, I spent a year uh, performing the art of magic, and I even joined the Magic Castle just to learn so I can be extra. See, wow. this would be my answer to my preparation to acting is I have to become that actor that the director wants. So I had to become a magician. So um, I learned as much as I could. I ended up learning about 160 tricks. And yeah, it's magic. Wow. That's how it ended up in the mouth. I can't tell you that. would be. Come on, man. I mean, that's, I went there once at magic castle. Yeah. Guy comes over to me and he says, there's a quarter in your pocket. I reach in. How did he get the quarter in my pocket? It was just the craziest thing. I don't know how you guys do it. It's all, an, all an illusion, just like making a movie. You'll it's teach me illusion. one one day. <laughs> I'll show you one day. Awesome. So, if being a magician's all an illusion, then like, are, do you have to learn how to trick the person's perceptive of what they're seeing? So like there really is no trick. You're just, they think there is or. Well, the interesting thing is, is uh, the easier the trick is, the more simpler it is, the more effective it is. And the first person you try a trick on is a child. A uh, child is not corrupt from all the, the world. So they are so open-minded and so raw, they will tell you that the food sucks. They will without they don't know it's hurting their feelings, so they're real. So a child, if you can fool a kid, now you can fool everybody. Because that that's and the more simple the trick is, the more effective it is. If it's a complicated trick, um, not so much. Kids usually can get the more complicated um ones like instantly but if they're simple like the peanut one um that's that does scare little kids <laughs> because it's like totally blows their minds right yeah that's awesome <laughs> oh, that's uh vernon uh what was it like behind the uh, scenes of being the character you wore um, in the uh, scene of the movie you were in? Um, <clears throat> behind the scenes was great. Um, I got on quite well with all the actors and with everybody involved in the film, so I had a ball. And the strange thing was is that, and Errol, you're going to hate me because I can't remember his name, the Japanese actor. Rich Ting. <laughs> right. Well, Rich and I were talking. We were just sitting down, chatting between scenes. And <clears throat> the um, somewhere along the line, the subject of my wife come up. My wife is Japanese-American. And we were talking about something. And all of a sudden, he realized that his grandfather had been one of the <laughs> people that had built the church where my wife's family went. 
And there was this whole big connection of that this family and my wife's family all knew each other. And it's like, oh, my God, what is going on here? <laughs> and that was, you know, I came home and told Grace and she was like, what? And she went in and researched and said, you're right. His grandfather was one of the people that designed the, uh, the church. So it's, you know... It's, it's that kind of thing that you you don't know who you will run into on a set. You know, you don't know the personalities or the people. And sometimes you can get these really great things. And, and personally, I'm a I'm I'm kind of the the voyeur's voyeur. I watch everybody. I watch what people do, how they interact, what their thing is, because it all comes in handy. You know, you're doing a character, and you can pull that that out of the box of trick tricks errol tricks same thing we we <laughs> have, you know um you can pull that thing out of the box of tricks as an actor you've got your uh, own little magic gig going on every time you get on screen so it's all illusion as we say the whole thing is an illusion and so you you have to be able to um formulate and control that and he's uh, like errol said the simpler it is the more effective it is because people understand and buy into what you're doing so i had a ball i always do i'm i'm a total lunatic on the set i just love what i do so every little thing and the funny thing is i don't know if i told you errol i did another film there at that particular church that we worked in many many years ago and i was playing a motorbike um a, a guy a bit of a hood and they'd given me a street bike to ride on the uh, dirt and i was being very careful how i rode it because i know what street bikes are like after yeah. mad max and um we had to the director wanted the scene fast he wanted me to take off quicker and i took off and nobody realized that underneath that dirt there is actually a bitumen road that leads to the church so I was racing down this bitumen road, put the brakes on to go around the corner and did a, an amazing uh, 360 flip. You would have loved me, Joey. I was brilliant. Wow. I just went straight up in the air, straight <laughs> over and straight down. Wow. And, uh, no pads. Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. I spent the rest of the day with, with people running around putting uh, things on my arm where I sort of oh. messed it up to stop it bleeding Man. while I was on camera. Road rash. But uh, <laughs> it's all... You know, I just enjoy it. Every time I get asked to do a film, I feel blessed. It's that simple. A director asked me to do a film. You know, I finished last night doing Thor. And um, wow. you know, the director asked me to do that. They came and I was quite concerned that I couldn't uh, do the role. And they said, no, you'll be wonderful. Um and it's, it's a blessing, you know, that people have that much faith in you because when you get asked to do a film, regardless, that director's putting a hell of a lot of faith in who you are and what you can do to make that film work. And, and you, you know, you have to repay that by doing the best job you can. And, of course, I must admit, it's the uh, first film that I've ever been in where I get a bottle thrust through my eye and then I get shot in the brain, you know. I, <laughs> uh, that's on my reel, dude. I love yeah. that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just, I just have fun. I, I love what I do, and I feel blessed every time I get to do it. Work with wonderful people, stuntmen who try very 
very, very hard to protect your ass so you don't get uh, hurt. And wonderful directors and crews. That's about my life. Wow. Well said. That's very inspirational, man. Just on a side note. <laughs> Arrow, um, is it difficult directing action scenes? Um, it, it can be, if, uh, but if there's too many leaders, I would say. If too many people have ideas on how it should go, uh, typically... It's not, it's not hard when you, have, you do the prep. You have to do the prep on the stunt before you do it. And then you watch, you, you do frame by frame and on and all. And the, the way it gets a little easier is if you have more cameras. You need a lot of cameras for those because you don't know what shots or what angles you're going to get. So you want more cameras on action scenes, which makes it a lot easier to film the action scenes. And um the biggest thing is the stunt crew having a good enough stunt crew where they do what they do they they act it out because there's so much more than just falling you got to act like you just got shot and you gotta you gotta show the pain that's really not there because they're padded up so it's um it's easier when the act the stunt guys know what they're doing so it's not really that hard when you have a, a great awesome crew like we did Flattery will get you everywhere, you know. Yes. <laughs> Joey and John, what's a stunt prep like? Like, what kind of stuff do you guys have to prepare for before you do your stunts? Go ahead, Johnny. Depends how big the stunt is. I mean, I've worked on films like Die Hard 4 and stuff. We take months of prep. You know, X-Men 2, we take months of prep. Smaller films don't maybe don't have the time or the stunts aren't that big. So depending on the budget and how big the stunt is, prep is everything, like Earl's been saying. Um, you know, take us months months to prep a stunt that'll we'll shoot in a week. Yeah, it seems like you hope for the safety of people there's money to be able to prep because there's things you're just not gonna think of or be able to prepare for, and then something happens. Well, like when Esteban went through the door, he was blown back, they practiced that. The, or prepped it the day before and they did it a couple times and then we put the real door up which we only had one because they're balsa wood and so we had one take that's all you get do it right <laughs> don't screw up and um that's basically it worked out well because the prep was there esteban going through a door that's not hard to mess up <laughs> 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 Well, um, y'all guys did a good job on the uh, movie. Um, where uh, can, whenever uh, this is uploaded, where can people find the movie at? Okay, so uh, February 21st on a Monday, um, it'll be available on Dish Network, DirecTV, Spectrum, Vudu, Walmart, Google Play, Amazon, YouTube, iTunes, Cox, Shaw TV, Hoopla, Charter, Google Play, and TELUS. That's more than I can count on two that's hands. Canada and United States. And uh, I, um, Peacock, I think that's another the one that's coming on. Wow. Um, Netflix won't take it for a couple months. And um, so that's it's going to be everywhere February 21st. All right. I uh, very much appreciate all you guys' time today, and I enjoy talking to you guys. So thank you. 
Thank you. Thanks, Terry. Thank you. You guys have a wonderful day. All of you. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. No problem. Hey. Always a pleasure, guys. See you. See all right, you guys folks. See you on the red carpet. Thanks, Vernon. Yes. And Vernon, yep. And Vernon, you have the new um, screening date, February 12th. We're going to do an outside screening. Yes, I saw that uh, today on my uh, computer. Okay, great. Well, we'll see you there on the dirt carpet. Okay, totally. All right, guys. Long we're going back into the wild. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank see you, you later.